The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers Podcast. Although we've got one today that's actually kind of moving on before the... Still doing a lot of exploration, but also looking at... Uh, it's got a project on its hands. We're talking about Future Metals NL. Code is FME. Last traded at 13 cents for a market cap uh, just north of 40 million. Its project will be well known to everyone. The Panton PGE Nickel Project, about 60 kilometres north of Horse Creek, up there in the eastern Kimberley. There's been a lot happening. We did catch up with the uh, managing director, Jardy Kinnamonth, uh, a little while back. But since then, there's been an uh, upgraded mineral resource estimate. Some new thinking around uh, nickel, copper, PGE discrete uh, discoveries around the existing ore body. So all in all, a lot to talk about. So with that, I say, g'day, Jardy. Welcome to the podcast. G'day, Barry. Great to be back on board. Uh, Jardy, um, I mentioned the upgraded MRE. Can you just run through that and give people a feel for the size of the, the project at the moment? So what we're sitting on at Panton currently is the, is the second largest PGM resource in Australia after Charles's uh, Julemar deposit. Um, Panton's had a resource around it for some, some time now, and that was always confined solely to the high-grade chromite reefs. So what we've gone and done um, during the second half of 2021 was was drill out the extent of the reef, or or, or rather the mineralisation that envelopes the reef, the dunite, and proved up a resource around that that enveloping material as well. So the resource now includes the high grade chromite reef, so it's still the highest grade PGM resource in Australia, uh, but we've also bulked it out and, and proved the scalability of Panton as well. Previously, the the old resource was um, mapped quite closely or modelled quite closely to the geology, but we've gone back and remodelled that high grade as well to um, to be a bit more um, suitable for, for putting a mine, uh, mine study and mine design around. And then obviously that, that uh, bulk mineralisation provides that scale, scalability as well. So all up, uh, just under 7 million ounces uh, palladium equivalent, which gives the uh, 240,000 tonnes of nickel a palladium equivalent. So a big resource. But uh, I guess uh, this mix of uh, high-grade reefs and then the uh, the halo, the big uh, halo of uh, lower-grade material in the dunite gives you, uh, you have to do some thinking. What are you going to do? Bulk tonnage open pit, large-scale underground or uh, selective underground mining? Yeah, well, that, that's that's the question we're, we're working through right now with the scoping study. The value in our resource and, and how we've modelled it by including that, that bulk mineralisation is the, well, and, and the inherent value of Panton is that development optionality that I think you know really sets us apart from the other PGM players out there. We've we've got this you know really high grade resource that would support a um, a starter lower scale mm-hmm. but lower lower capital uh, operation, and then that can dovetail into a more scalable or large scale uh, project you know which would support production levels that that might attract strategic interest from from the from the majors as well. So that's that's really valuable optionality that we we have um, on the back of this new resource that we've released. You mentioned uh, scoping studies underway. What's the timing of that? You think in terms of releasing? 
Yeah, so we're targeting a December release for that that scoping study, and what that will likely likely entail is really um, fleshing out the project uh, as it stands around the high grade portion, and really that's that's driven by by the the relative progress on the metallurgy between the high grade and low grade. Um, we do have a, you know, a form fit solution for the high grade metallurgy. Um, on the back of all the work that Platinum Australia and Panoramic have put into it, and we've been able to replicate that. Um, whereas the low grades at a more exploratory phase, um, so you know we, we we still need to prove up the ability to extract that that resource before we um, we start putting firm numbers around it. But we're we're obviously doing that that um, modelling and, and sensitivity work um, for the for the combined project in the background as well. You've obviously got a globally significant uh, deposit on your hands. Um, give us a feel for why the market cap is where it is, uh, forty mil, rather than uh, something reflecting the global significance of the deposit. Yeah, I think at the moment we're really trading at you know an option value over over the PGM price. Um, I think I think the market has overlooked the the progress that has been made on the metallurgy, both by Panoramic and by um, by Future Metals. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is seen as potentially a bit of a tired asset um, and, and has a bit of an overhang from um, from the Platinum Australia days. So I think that's that's. Uh, Part of what's what's driving um, that, and then I think you know people probably have us um, pinned on a, a kind of study study delivery um, timeline, and so the you know there's maybe the view that there's not enough sizzle um, or, or upside in in the future metal story over and above just delivering a a study on the existing resource. Um, but that's that's certainly not the case. We we, we came out with a, a fairly detailed exploration review. Um, all the results of a detailed exploration review recently, and, and there is you know significant exploration potential over and above the existing um, PGM resource that we have on our hands. Yeah, I was just going to ask about the exploration upside sizzle, um, but I'll just mention there for those who don't know that uh, Panthers been around a long time, but you guys picked it up in uh, last year, and uh, what we're talking about is giving the whole thing a fresh momentum as uh, we've discussed there, moving to the scoping study. Now, just on the this exploration. You've had a well-known expert come in and uh, have a, a look at the exploration upside across nickel copper PGEs. What uh, what was the finding there, and uh, how are you going about pursuing that upside? Yeah, so when I when I joined, I was obviously digging quite heavily through the, the extensive data room that we've been provided from from all the um, from well from from Panoramic, but that was, that contained all the information that had been accumulated over the past twenty plus years by both Platinum Australia and Panoramic, and I noticed a lot of passing commentary. You know, about the potential for um, zones of sulfide mineralization out of the resource. Um, and there was already this existing exploration concept of the, the fold zone of the, the Panton syncline. And, and we already know that that's, um, in terms of the chromite reef, that's the, the thickest part of the reef. Um, and there's also a few intercepts into the deeper portion of the, um, the syncline or the reef that that show along this fold zone the the highest grades of um, of sulfur and also um, nickel and nickel and copper within the reef, um, and so that that really kind of piqued my interest and and um, I really want to get an expert in these layered intrusives um, to to come look at Panton with a I guess a fresh perspective. Uh, fortunately, Justin Tremaine, the Future Metals Chairman. Um, is on is on the board of Caspin and and uh, he connected me with John Hronsky, who is also on the board of Caspin. Um, and John's John's got thirty five plus years of 
of uh, studying and exploring these, these layered intrusives. He was the former head of um, generative exploration at, at WMC and BHP and, and was largely responsible for the, the West Massgraves discovery, um, uh, which, which uh, Cassini, Cassini, Cassini progressed forward before Oz Minerals um, ultimately took them over. But John's, John's been following um, these types of deposits for some time and, and the understanding of how they've formed has really evolved. I think previously, um, previously laid intrusives and, and the different styles of mineralization that occur with them were thought of as, um, as potentially separate from each other. So you've got, you've got the kind of feeder conduit styles of, of mineralization, which are, is your Nova Bollinger or your Voices Bay. And you've got a, a, the basic basal contact style, which is, um, which is, you know, Julemar um, or, or, or flat reef. And then you've also got obviously the reef style deposits, which are your kind of classic Moretsky and UG2 reefs in the Bushveld or the, or the JM reefs in, in Stillwater. Um, so we, or, or, or of course the, the Chromite reef at Panton. So we, um, we got John, John involved to, to take a look at Panton with the, you know, and he came in at the lens that, you know, we've, we've already got this impressive uh, PGM reef that, that shows that the, the Panton intrusion was a, you know, a very mineralized intrusion and, and it was a great mixing environment for creating an ore body. But what if you treated that existing ore body as a indicator or a geochemical anomaly that pointed towards um, potential for, for more mineralization? And so there's always been this myopic focus at Panton on, on the chromite reef because that's what outcrops its surface. Um, so it was, it was quite easy to, easy to find and, and put a resource around and that's what Platinum Australian Panoramic focused on. But, but that sits at the middle, middle of the intrusion um, and, and really it's the, the lower part of the intrusion that's, that's really prospective for these um, more sulphide dominant nickel copper PGE um, ore bodies. And, and fortunately, Panton's quite a thin intrusion. It's only about 1.5 kilometers relative to, um, relative to Stillwater or Bushveld, which are six to eight kilometers. So really it's, it's quite possible to explore Panton um, and, and make a discovery at, at depth within, you know, close to the feeder conduit or the, or the basal contact zone. And also fortunately, Panton is plunging up towards surface towards the north, northeast. So it potentially daylights, um, daylights at uh, the, the end of its uh, kill zone, and that's been completely untested. So that's what we're really excited about. I think the market's really overlooked that, that exciting potential at the moment as well. Certainly got enough uh, search space, for want of a better expression, given that the Panton intrusive is, what, 12 kilometres by 3 kilometres wide, something like that? Yeah, that's right. That's the outcropping reef, and that that's it's in the middle of the stratigraphy. Whereas the the lower part of the stratigraphy, which is also outcropping um, and has historically had a few RC drill lines put through it, hasn't been tested at depth. But we've 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 had a few pointers within that lower lower zone already. Mm-hmm. Um, we've we've had a you know a twenty meter intercept of 05 percent nickel and 03 percent copper and and point five grams a ton uh, PGEs. But within that, you know, you've got three meters. At plus 1% nickel and close to 1% copper as well. So there's a lot of supporting evidence for, you know, obviously there's the, the structural model uh, of how the, the how pantons occurred or intruded, but then there's a lot of evidence pointing towards a, 
a sulfide feeder zone at, at, at depth in the in the existing historical data that we've reviewed. Now, to chase up that sort of potential, you uh, you need funding, and uh, I see you've uh, just uh, closed off a heavily oversubscribed $5 million placement at 12.5 cents with uh, attached one for three uh, free options. So you've got the funds to get cracking. Yeah, that's right. We're um, we're very excited and thankful to the the new and existing shareholders that came on board with this raising. Um, we had a lot of a lot of demand for that placement. We've also um, opened a, a imminently opening a share purchase plan for the existing shareholders to to participate in that as well. But that um, that well and truly funds us through the the next period, particularly um, as we we close out on the scoping study towards the end of the year and and. Um, kick off this year's drill season testing, which is all step out drilling. So it's all all the drilling this this season is to test for these um, these nickel copper PGE targets that we're generating. And and ahead of ahead of taking the the rig out there in early October, we've um, we've got geophysical survey crews heading out there over the next um, next few weeks. So we're doing a gravity survey, a ground based gravity survey across the whole tenement, and then we're also doing a, a EM survey. A ground-based EM survey across um, uh, certain uh, portions of the tenement as well. Fascinating stuff. The you mentioned the uh, new institutional, uh, both Australian and offshore uh, subscribers to the uh, the placement. I was just wondering, is that possibly signalling that um, this momentum you've injected into the company and the upside from this exploration, uh, new thinking on exploration, could represent a turning point? In terms of market awareness, I uh, I think that's absolutely the case. I think people are, are starting to come around and, and realise that we are, as you say, breathe, breathing um, fresh life into into Panton, and we're you know we're we're progressing a scoping study around that that existing resource, but the exploration potential um, up until now has has largely gone unnoticed, and uh, I think people are people are really seeing. You know, seeing the potential to make a, a discovery outside the already um, significant PGM resource that, that that we're sitting on, and and you know now is obviously an early stage in that in that program, but it's it's a you know it's a good time to get involved um, given that given all the information that we've released to market. Of course, we live in a world where um, we've got that tragedy uh, unfolding in Ukraine, which raises questions around origin of supply, with Russia accounting for what ten percent of platinum, thirty eight percent of palladium supplies. Is that that was possibly a driver of some of that uh, that new funding that came in? Do you see it as an ongoing issue for the both uh, end users and uh, market ratings of platinum groups? Yeah, it certainly certainly is a driver of interest. I think people are certainly looking for exposure to um, to PGMs sitting outside the current supply jurisdictions. You know, certainly the feedback I've I've gotten from talking to institutions out of out of Europe is that they they certainly get get that and they're the one they're the ones that are obviously closest to closest to the issues russia is russia is obviously a, a large contributor to the to the palladium market and, and somewhat large contributor to the platinum market and, and and all of that supply is still currently finding its way into the market um i think you know we're all seeing this potential bifurcation of the 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 trade economy in some ways between a you know an eastern block and a western block of sorts but it's important to note that South Africa itself is is not not a particularly sought after jurisdiction, even for the majors that that operate there. Um, there's been, you know, terminal underinvestment uh, in the in the mines on the on the bushveld, the PGM mines in the bushveld, and they're um, they're only getting only getting deeper 
uh, and deeper, which is obviously driving driving cost bases. So um, there certainly is the need for a new jurisdiction to take up the mantle, and I really can't imagine in any better jurisdiction than than Australia and and Western Australia to to do that, particularly with all of the existing resources and discoveries that are popping up here. I think it's a pretty exciting time in the PGM space in in Australia generally, not just for future metals. And I guess. Um when it comes to funding a project, you post the Ukraine situation, your uh, your options would have expanded exponentially in terms of soft dollar financing from I don't know governments wanting um, critical supplies, secured uh, non-Russian supplies, etc. Absolutely, going back to that, you know, the trade block comment. Obviously, there's there's um, there's supply relationships opening up, particularly as they relate to critical minerals with with Australia and the United States and and the UK. Um, so once we're at the the stage where we need to put um, you know a significant amount of dollars into the ground to build a project, there's there's going to be plenty of uh, low capital cost support to to do so. I mean, the Australian government uh, itself at a, at a state and federal level is really getting behind um, critical minerals projects in a big way, as we're seeing um, you know out of the you know, the Aluka refinery deal um, not too long ago, and and the the um, cathode facility out of out of Kalgoorlie as well. Uh, so, in terms of project finance, it's it's a great time to be pushing a project such as ours forward. You actually did well securing the uh, name Future Metals. I imagine it's one that uh, anyone operating in this strategic special metals area would uh, love to have. Uh, yeah, that's right. I think we. Um, Fortunately, it was between Future Metals and Great Northern Palladium. I think we lucked out with the, the people who ultimately ultimately chose the name there. Rightio. So uh, lots on the go. So let's just bring it together and give investors a bit of a, a feel for what to be looking at uh, for before the year's out. Well, I think it's it's a hugely exciting um, next four to five months for, for Future Metals, right? Um, we've got this significant resource base that we've we've recently proven up and we're, we're wrapping a scoping study around that to prove you know, ability to put a, a high-grade, low-capital-cost project around that and potentially also uh, the, the large-scale bulk mineralization project on top of that. And then in, in parallel to that, we've got a drill program that's imminently going to kick off uh, looking at step-out targets outside of the existing resource for a completely new style of um, mineralization um, that's well supported by you know, an extensive review that we've completed with a you know, preeminent expert in the space. Uh, and this is all within within our backyard in Western Australia. So there's there's really you know news fo- news flow galore coming um, across all these these big value drivers for the company. Yeah, and uh, as we mentioned, fully funded for the the push. That's exactly right. Uh, interesting one, uh, JRD. Um, uh, I look forward to uh, writing a story about a new style of uh, nickel copper PG um, exploration outside of the uh, already substantial what six six point nine million ounce palladium equivalent resource you've got there. So and the scoping study towards the end of the year. So with that, thanks for your time today. Good luck with it all. We'll be watching with interest. Fantastic. Great to chat, Barry. Appreciate it. Cheers.